0: He has his own podcast. <laughs> what is the job? Get my shit together? Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, September 13, 2022. I hope you're well, and I hope your week is off to a great start. I just did a false start of the podcast, where it sounded tentative <clears throat> that I didn't exactly know the date. And I commented on it and was like, why do I always sound tentative? It would take a nanosecond to just stop and verify what the date is on which the podcast will come out. Lo and behold, it's actually two days after September 11th. And I said, never forget that George Bush's uh, press secretary, Ari Fleischer, who was the biggest, biggest, at the time, biggest smug prick you'd ever see on TV, uh, don't forget that he now works for Saudi Arabia, as do so many golfers and so many of us. Uh, I'm sure indirectly, and including my listeners in Saudi Arabia, who are following 15 underscore versus underscore 15, uh, LNC, who I haven't heard from a moment, heard from in a moment, and I hope is doing well. Told me that she was going to fight the good fight, and we all are invested in her. Uh, following those two the the listeners in Saudi Arabia along you know what all listeners beyond those two are the same not that they're all right anyway the point is Ari Fleischer is a fucking asshole and happy tuesday to you hope your week is off to a great start like i said i'm really really glad to be talking to you i hope that the last podcast with Paul Ollinger was listenable from an audio perspective And I hope that the fact uh, my (laughs) I hope I'm sure it was pretty apparent that I had fun that night and I hope Paul had fun. He seemed like he had fun on stage, but I don't think he had as much fun as I did. That doesn't mean he didn't do well. Just uh, I think he wanted more out of it and maybe I should aim higher, but I felt like I got I don't know hopefully it wasn't annoying listening to it from an audio perspective and paul really probably was just like well i have to have this guy shoving a microphone into my hand while i drive him back to atlanta from columbus georgia so i hope it was i uh, hope it you know hope it was worth your your 45 minutes or whatever it was uh, but what, the reason i say i'm really glad to be talking to you right now is I have, as usual, been very sleep deprived, but have had more of a compressed schedule than normal. And woe is me, right? What a a great life I have where I can do so many things and be so busy and meet so many interesting people and then cry about it on a podcast. Well, that's not what I'm doing today. I just want to say that today is it's amazing that I'm speaking with you because Last Thursday night, Paul and I drove two and a half hours or whatever it was, two hours down to Columbus and then back to Atlanta. And then after a long day, Friday, Friday night, I drove two hours and like 40 minutes, two hours and 35. It was a long, long drive out to Lincolnton, Georgia. All the while, remember. My daughter now comes into our room, though she doesn't come into our bed anymore. We uh, asked an expert what we should do, and the expert said, you know, put a couple blankets down on the floor with a pillow and tell her that's where she can sleep. And so we did that. So when she transitioned out of our bed, whatever it was, five nights ago, she began sleeping on the floor, and we sleep a little bit better, as opposed to the, you know, waking up every 45 minutes like, we'll be, you know, just because she's kicking and there's a kid in the bed. Again, a good problem. You managed to make a baby and now it's sleeping with you. Are you ungrateful? No, I'm not. I'm just telling you why I'm, my sleep is, the you know, is what it is. So if Paul, if Paul and I get back at 12 on Thursday night, I'm asleep by, let's hopefully 1 o'clock it was. But then up, you know, around 7 and then maybe get a few more winks long day and then drive two hours and 40 minutes out to Lincolnton, Georgia, which is, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's in the middle of nowhere because it's in the middle of somewhere, but it's out there. I feel like it's, you take I-20, you can Google it, of course, you take I-20 East for like two hours uh, Toward south carolina it feels like you're almost in south carolina and then it's like another 35 maybe 40 minutes off of the interstate off of 20 in really narrow small incredibly especially on the way home dark dark roads where it's like i hope i don't in this order i hope i don't hit an animal that's my always my thing, but you know what? Because I really don't want to do, I really don't want to have to fucking call a cop. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, I it, it was incredibly dark and desolate, honestly, and eerie and Faulknerian, and it was just a it was a long a Flannery O'Connorian, that gothic Southern gothic dark uh, vibe out there. Very beautiful, I'm sure, during the day, but I didn't get a lot of that during the day. I got the dark, creepy night. But it was like 35, 40 minutes north of I-20 on these small winding roads. And I come upon the place, and this was a show I mentioned Uncle Plug put together. And it was, it looked like, uh, what did it look like? It looked like the only thing going on within hundreds of miles of the, of the place. And it was a flat, low, slung building called a brewery, barbecue kind of place. A million vehicles parked out in front and literally no light in any direction that you could see. So far out there. But it's clear from all the cars, there are people there. So I park, I go in, and to give you an example of, uh, what did I tell them? I told them, you know, midway through my set that it was, uh, that it looked like, um, it looked like a barbecue, a, a barbecue restaurant broke out in the middle of an AA meeting. It was that kind of vibe. Like, Tonight it's ribs, tomorrow it's uh, styrofoam cups. But here's the thing. The show was great. And the people were... I don't imagine we all vote the same... They vote the same way as I do. Based on any number of things. A, the geography. Where the fuck it was. B, what they all looked like. There was plenty of camouflage. And and B, uh, C, I should say how they reacted to me. Some guy called Hillary Clinton a murderer within four second, four minutes of me starting talking. Anyway, I'll get to that in a second. So I walked in, and it's like, overwhelming, it's packed, it's overwhelmingly middle-aged, white people who look like they work hard. That's the best way to say it. I don't know what they do out there, but they look like they work hard. They didn't look angry. They didn't look... Uh, Necessarily euphoric. They just were there on a Friday night, ready to listen to some jokes. So, Plug hosted and did, did I don't know how much he did at the top. I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell you exactly what I've been doing comedy-wise until today, and then I'll, if you don't want to hear about that, then then, uh, you know, you don't have to you don't have to listen, okay? But uh, there's some there's some fun stuff that happened, include, including my acting gig on Saturday. So, But it's all leading to why I'm so grateful to be talking to you, because the idea of being on this side of the last five days that I had is pretty incredible. Uh, and remember, if you're ever going to... I'm not talking about this being a difficult situation for me, but if you ever have something you're nervous about an interview, a presentation, a set, uh, whatever it is. Remember, the anxiety and nervousness is good. We want a healthy amount of that. But keep in mind, the meeting, the interview, the call, the conversation, it's going to start and it's going to end. Like you're going to get to the other side of it rarely do you die in any one of those circumstances. So I just like to keep that in mind for myself and encourage you to keep that in mind just for the sake of perspective. I knew when I looked at my schedule last week, like this is going to be a bear of a week, but it will start and it will end. And I'll be on the other side of it one way or the other. And here I am now on the other side of it, ready (laughs) to dive back into another one. But that's, that's the life I've I've chosen and have been fortunate enough to craft for myself. So plug, it's plug. A Vanetta Schofield, and then I'm closing. So the three of us, and, and then there was a a a newer comic, I don't know as well as plug and Vanetta, uh, who was who drove out with them and was doing a small like five seven minute spot. So I think plug probably did 20, Veneta did 20, and then I did like 35 to close out the show. And it turned out to be really really fun. And I and, and you know what was so fun about it was there uh, our political our perceived political differences uh, were apparent from the drop. But two things, one is I know how to play to those crowds. Now, I didn't always know how to play to those crowds. And also my material, if I do say so myself, has gotten less dogmatic. Or I don't know if it was ever dogmatic, but I'm t- i am trying to make fun of everybody. And I'm trying to, as you know, make fun of the higher order things that divide us. The ridiculousness that splits us. So I don't play to the left. I don't play to the right. I tell the crowd exactly where I fucking stand but i also tell them that across the board right I tell them right at the beginning everyone is soft everyone to my eye everyone is soft the uh you know the people get offended on the left they're soft people on the right get offended they're soft um you know anyway people on the right generally tend to stand with the power structures and people on the left don't but you know what i did very strategically was start by telling a few jokes that were kind of every man jokes. And like that there were no possible political implications in what I was saying. You'd have to be searching or you'd have to have a very strong lens on to find politics in what I was saying. It just basically was talking a little shit about everything to begin And that's when this guy starts with Hillary as a murderer. And just by him doing that, it enabled me to roast him. Tell him, like, did you you come here for combat? Or did you want to listen to somebody tell you some jokes, you pussy? (laughs) It's like, I know you're looking at me and my shoes and my haircut and whatever else. And instead of calling me a libtard, why don't you use the word you really want to use? say it, you snowflake, anyway, so I got to roast him a little bit, anyway, i the greatest comic of all time, got into it, started moving through a little bit, started dipping my toe in the political stuff, but, you know, doing my bits the way that they go, I got to, I got to kind of hit a, a few different constituencies, Had a, all right, had a great time, did like 35 minutes, it was really fun, The most exciting part about it was if you have not seen me do stand up in the last week, you wouldn't know that I have a new bit that I now can close on. It's almost uh, too fun. (laughs) I have a new little bit that I have been closing on. I closed on it like five of my last six shows or something like that. And it's about Clemson. I don't know, did I talk about it? I, I mentioned a little bit on the on the podcast when I'm in trying to get my act together, but I've figured out exactly how it should go. And in the spirit of you have to tell the joke in front of the subject of the joke. That makes sense? I've said that before. If you have a joke about trans people, you have to tell it in front of trans people. If you have a joke about Italians, you have to be you have to Tell it in front of those people. Otherwise, you're, you're unclear how you feel about it, or the way you really feel about it is not uh, sound. It's not consistent. Like, you're saying it, but you know it's not right. You don't have sort of internal consistency. And, as a comic said to me last night when we were talking about this kind of thing, you are only adding to darkness, because you're not sharing it with everyone. You're not bringing bringing light to things. And and that was a great way to think about it. So in the spirit of telling these jokes in front of the people that they're about, of course, that also goes for any comic who uses the R word, should really think about using the R word in front of people who have uh, disabilities that would lead someone to refer to them with the R word. That also is true. And that really would be the ultimate test think short of saying the n-word like some fucking you know lunatic asshole anyway the bit is about clemson and i'm i can't can't imagine that far east in georgia i'm more than 50 miles away from clemson i know there are clemson people in the room and despite our political differences despite two or three people coming at me during my set and I just roast them back but I do it in a way where I keep them involved in the show they're with me I had them I closed with the Clemson thing and it was dynamite (laughs) and it was really it couldn't be more at the expense of Clemson fans so it was really fun and then I sped out of there I didn't you know, a lot of times you wait around after shows for people to come up and <laughs> tell you how funny you were. Uh, like I did in Columbus. Paul didn't. Paul wanted to get the fuck out of there. But that night I, I finished at whatever it was, 945 or something. And I'm like, I'm two and a half hours away from home. I got to get out of here. So I wasn't sticking around to make sure that, you know. A bunch of 50-year-olds followed me on Instagram. So on my way out, like I said, it took me like 40 minutes to get back to the interstate. The drive back, for some reason, maybe because it was later at night, only took 2 hours and 15 minutes or something like that. On the way back, it took me like 40 minutes to get to the interstate. It's dark. I'm praying that I don't hit something. I'm praying that I don't get a flat tire or the car doesn't start working. Because it is pitch I mean zero can't see the hand in front of your face dark out there like if I I've changed dozens of flat tires in my life in challenging situations on highways on interstates in traffic I've I've changed tires I was thinking if I got a flat tire out here I, I would be I'd be up against it I'd get it done don't get me wrong but I mean, I think, (laughs) and for some reason, my wife and I, we had through her family for like literally 75 years, they passed down the AAA membership. So all we had to do is pay the annual whatever. We gave that up like 10 years ago for something through our insurance company that sucks ass. It's terrible. Like never is the tow truck there within an hour. Anyway, all right. I'm 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 past the point here so driving back trying to and in, in ways you know ways is taking you the shortest time distance but it but what I wanted to do was get to I-20 fast that's what I wanted to do I would have gotten to I-20 40 miles east of where I wanted to be if I could have figured out how to do that So, Waze, in trying to get me the shortest uh, time, was taking me on a million little turns to ultimately get to I-20. Does that make sense? I would have taken the straight line that would have made the trip 10 minutes, 15 minutes longer, just to get to fucking I-20 and be able to see. But Waze had me out in the sticks. I finally am almost at I-20. about to get back on the highway to do, you know, whatever it is, an hour and 40 minutes now, back to Atlanta. And right before I get on I-20, there is a beautiful BP gas station. (laughs) There was a previous gas station where I got, I will be honest with you, there were two cars of people, one car, one car, parked next to me while I was getting gas. Just, maybe they were, I don't know, they were, they weren't leering at me. But I was just like that's when I was like forty minutes away from the highway. I was I was on. I you know what I was on? I was on. I was out of my element. I was at a gas station in a barely a gas station and barely a town, and there was like a car of people who. you know what I was doing? I was in. I was. I was imputing my worst what could happen here i get myself in a situation somehow they're just kind of are they looking at me blankly like they're curious about me are they uh wondering you know what's in my car but like i've told you before i need to be better at not making eye contact because when people make eye contact with me, I struggle to look away. Anyway, on the way out of town, I bought like $10 worth of gas and like was just a little, I don't need to, I don't need to, I can live to fight another day, literally. So I put in like 10, 20 to $15 worth of gas and got the fuck out of there away from that car that was, uh, you know, whatever, just wish them well, who knows what they're up to. But I got the fuck out of there, got to the BP, and I'm like, now I'm going to get a bottle of water, I'm going to fill up my gas tank, the remainder of the gas tank, on that wonderful out-of-the-city sticks gas that is usually a lot cheaper, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a cold goddamn beer for the drive back to Atlanta. There, another dude from that part of the world pulls up his car next to mine doesn't notice me at all goes into the store i'm filling up my tank i put the alarm on to walk in why did i put the alarm on i think because i had the phone in the car i left the phone in the car the gas is filling into my car did i have the alarm on i did i I pressed the alarm went into the bp and was trying to decide what am i going to get to drink i was thinking Is this like alky thinking? I'm like, is it going to be 12 ounces? 24 ounces is too much. I don't want two cans of beer for my drive. And I also know that would probably put me over the legal limit, wouldn't it? 24 ounces of beer over an hour and a half. Seems like it would put me over the legal limit. And as podcast listeners know, I've done the research, I think. (laughs) It's illegal to have an open container of alcohol in your car. But I don't th- but I believe you don't go to jail unless you're over the legal limit. So you can get in trouble for that. But I just didn't want to go to jail. And at the time that Friday night I was thinking because I'm halfway through this crunch of obligations, I wanted to make sure that I don't fuck it up by going to jail on uh, Saturday morning. So I'm like, but 12 ounces doesn't seem like quite enough. And usually you don't find single 12 ounce cans that are icy cold. And so I'm thinking, what am I doing? I'm over planning this. And every second that passes, I'm like, just get in the car and drive home, you dummy. Well, the guy who parked next to me, who didn't even notice I was there, who was just on his Friday night, I see him coming back from the beer cooler, not the beer cave, I don't know if you have those outside the South, but beer caves are uh, a thing usually in uh, vacation towns. This was not a vacation town. They had a beer cave. Who fucking cares? This guy is walking, again, doesn't notice me, walks right past me from the beer section. And he's holding three Bud Light uh, Ricky Bobby bottles. That's where I first saw them, in Talladega Nights. They are, uh, you know, what are they? They're like ceramic beer bottles. You know what I'm talking about? Like the whole bottle is painted light blue or the whole bottle, uh, whatever Bud Light Blue, or the whole bottle is painted uh, Budweiser. It looks like a, almost like a bowling pin. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I need. 16 goddamn ounces to get me back to Atlanta. I buy one of those Budweiser bottles. It's like, it's like half the price that the water was. I buy one of those, I get a bottle of water, I go to the counter, and the woman says to me, are you in the service? And I said, do I get a discount? <laughs> I didn't say that at all. Uh, I would never, ever, ever, I'm an asshole, but I would never, ever uh, steal valor, to say the least. I, She said, are you in the service? And I I said, uh, what did I say? You're supposed to say no. <laughs> but I said, I think the first thing I said is, that sounds like a compliment. And she goes, that's how I meant it. And then I said, no, I'm not. And she said, well, thank you for your purchase. Yes, yeah, so that's, uh, by the way, if you uh, cut my hair and you listen to the podcast, just know that uh, someone asked me if I was in the service. And now I'm. No, ma'am, I'm not in the service, but I appreciate you asking. And the fact that you meant it as a compliment means you thought well of me, despite my uh, civilian status. So, drove home no uh and by the way the beer was exactly as i wanted it ice icy cold And, and that was it 16 ounces of beer had to drive home for an hour and 45 minutes much of it in silence just sort of with my thoughts just i don't get a lot of time like that and i appreciate every time i say it i'm so grateful you listen you take your valuable time and I don't wanna say pollute it, but involve my words, which, you know, sometimes probably have something to say, but the fact that you just take that time to listen to this, uh, where I was in the cart for thirty minutes, forty minutes in total silence, and then I listen to I listen to part of a podcast. I listen to the uh, the only podcast I ever really uh dig into occasionally, which you would love if you if you ever listen to this for comedy insights. You'll get a lot more on that podcast. It's called Good One. you ever listen to that? It's called Good One. And I listened to uh, a bulk of the Tom Segura episode where he was talking about his his racial fight joke in Philadelphia. It's just it's all about jokes and you know really good comics talking about developing material. So. Needless to say, it's something in my, uh, wheelhouse. And if you're a comic, you should listen to it totally. Good one. So check it out. Anyway, so I listened to that, got home. Again, get home, 12, go to bed, wake up super early, X, Y, and Z, uh, have to go and do, like I said last time, my least favorite thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, come on, dude, wake up, come to the party a little bit. Wake up and almost, not immediately, uh, Hang out a little bit at the house with the ladies and then go to film. As I told you, do my least favorite one of my least favorite things is filming. Well, guess what? It turns out filming is really easy and fun if you're on a professional set that moves fast and clearly treats you as if your time is valuable. <laughs> I forgot that. I've had some experiences where. Uh, you know, I feel like I've been sitting around for 14 hours to say one line of dialogue. And that's what makes me hate it. But this thing on Saturday, I walked in. I was like, holy shit, every, all the lights are up. All the all, all the mics are set in place. There are marks on the floor. There's, there's coffee. There's pastries. More than the food, they're ready to go. They value everyone's time, including their own, which just, you know what it does? It lends such a professional fucking vibe to it that says to everybody involved, let's take this seriously and make it as good as we can. It was, I was, I like acting. So if you're a filmmaker and you'd like to include me in your projects, I am now, uh, available for negotiations, um, Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, this is how it can be. It can be this easy. It was super professional and awesome. And anyway, I, I did it from, I was there from 10 until, I don't know, two thirty three something like that. That's not that long with uh, one other person who's a comic. So, I, so I'll, I'll just tell you a little bit about what the project is. I think it is. So I think the best way to say it is: I filmed a scene from a pilot, from a a scene from a pilot script. And if you're an actor or an industry person, this will make much more sense to you. I think I filmed a scene from a pilot script that the writer director wants to use to maybe sell the script more right so I'm making the audition for I'm helping him audition for funding or whatever so yeah that's exactly what i'm doing i'm i'm filming I'm helping him film his calling card for his project uh as I've said before i've done when I've done these they i I always perceive that they're um you know, using me until they can recast them for like an actor with more followers. Even though I'd be the funniest, <laughs> most magnetic personality out there. Just, you know, I, I film a lot of things where they just, you know, hopefully will get funded and then I can be recast by someone who has more social media followers. So for the love of all things sacred, please, please follow me on everything. The basic idea here, uh, and it took a little while for us to dig into it. I play a white man married to a black woman, and we have a blended family. So I bring, I think, a white or two child to the scene. She brings uh, one or two black kids to the situation. Um, And it's like something that has, I think, kind of been done before but in a different political climate a different zeitgeist so anyway it was me it was a black woman and we just uh, well i can tell you it's uh, carlette jennings like that's who it is i i was like i was trying to like protect the project i guess by not saying her name anyway carlette and i play carlette is a black woman you've heard me talk about how she amazingly host uh, hosted a couple weekends ago at the laughing skull We play uh, an interracial couple trying to figure it out and trying to help our kids figure it out. And anyway, it was fun and it was great and it totally has rejuvenated my enthusiasm for making filmed projects, especially when you can be funny. And also when you work all day with funny people, it was a good time. So that ended. I came home. Saturday now. I came home. What did I do? I took my daughter I got home my daughter was hyped to see me Uh, I scored big points with her because on on Thursday and Friday I left the house before she went to bed so I wrote uh, notes letting her know that and put them on her bed letting her know that I would check check on her told you she's now three and you know the dark and shadows and stuff can be kind of creepy at sometimes so she likes us to come check on her until she falls asleep. So we always like, she, you going to come check on me? I'm checking on you. So I left her two notes Thursday and Friday saying I'll come check on you. And she loved them. Uh, so what happened? So I got home. I have an hour or two before I have to go to Laughing Skull for the 5 o'clock show on Saturday. I hang out with the ladies. The girl and I go for a walk around uh, the neighborhood a little bit. And then... I go to the five o'clock show on Saturday. I'm just catching you up on the last few days. If you don't want to listen, I don't blame you. I'm just I'm just telling you. I'm doing my thing with you twice a week. I'm glad you listen. So I put some miles on the car. What Paul's car, right? And that's maybe why Paul was a little <laughs> not stoked because he had to drive me back to Atlanta. Columbus Thursday, Lincolnton on uh, Friday night film for you know five or six hours on Saturday. Then I have to be the laughing skull for the five o'clock show. I've told so there's a five o'clock and an eight o'clock. I've told you how um, considerate they are to uh, permit my divaness. So on the five o'clock they put me up early and then on the eight o'clock show they let me go late. So essentially, I'm going up like at 5.15 and then at 9.30. So I have four hours in between. And what I do is I drive home, as I've told you before, but just to remind you, I drive home and then I can do uh, dinner, shower, book, bed, be uh, a dad, girls down. And I'm still at home for an hour, hour and a half after she goes to sleep. Then I go back down to the club, do my late spot, and that's that. So it's really, really thoughtful of them. And I'm I'm really grateful that... uh, Anyway, so I go down to the 5 o'clock show on Saturday. And I walk in, and people said the crowd was was not packed yet. I think they'd sold some tickets, but it wasn't full. And they were waiting for kind of a late arriving crowd there's a lot of fucking college football georgia tech has a game uh anyway they're the crowd is uh they're waiting for it to get to where it should be and so i walk in and in the front row i see some really good friends of mine and they're in the front row (laughs) of a comedy show and I was like, "Hell yeah! Thanks for coming so much." Because they they'd mentioned a couple of weeks ago they thought about uh, coming, and I'm like, Dave, kids. I'm like, what? Five o'clock would be perfect for you. Get a sitter for a few hours. Go have a bite to eat. You're home at, you know, they're they have three kids. You know, they're not trying to burn the burn the city down. But they're sitting in the front row of a comedy show, and I know that uh, Bob Place is on the show. <laughs> My dear friend." And, you know, you just don't necessarily want to be in the front row when Bob comes out to work. (laughs) I want you to be in the front row, but you might not want to be it and be in the front row. So I said to them, like, hey, thanks so much for coming. You are going to be talked to and you're going to be talked to rather directly and rather explicitly. (laughs) So you might want to uh, move back a little bit. And they did, they moved back like three rows. And then later on my buddy. And so I had told him, I'm like, so here's the situation. I have this great arrangement where they let me do my early spot and then leave and go, you know, hang out with my ladies and do all that and then come back for late show. So I will not see you after the five o'clock show, but thank you so much for coming. And then later he sent me a note, my buddy saying, thanks. Had a great time. Uh, also great advice about moving back that guy and he's referring to bob is very very funny and i'm glad it wasn't us <laughs> and i showed that to bob and he was very excited so came back look at this i'm getting through the weekend came back to the house i had fun went early had fun uh came back did the whole thing um Trying to think, I don't think my I think my wife might have had a cocktail. She's like, "Do you want one?" I was like, "I'm I'm still tired from I'm tired from everything." I actually had a coffee at like seven p.m., so I didn't have a drink. But then uh, worked a little bit more on uh, some material that I was honing, and went back down to the eight o'clock show at nine fifteen or so. And I walk in and it's banging. I don't know who was on someone I'd never seen before. But she was doing really well. And I was like, is she really good or is the crowd great or is it both? I didn't ask anybody. It's just what what you always think. But it sounded really good. Or is it just 8 o'clock on a Saturday night and people are having a good time? And then I'm last. But before me are two murderers. So just the last two before me are uh, Lauren Knight. And then Storm Artiste, who they both usually burn it down. And then I'm last, so I have to follow both of them. Which is great, because you should want to follow people that kill. Like, you've heard me say that a million times. Steel, sharpen steel. So, I see the lineup, it's the last three, I don't remember who was before Lauren. The last three are Lauren, Storm, and then me at the end. And... The three of us had a really fun time. And it turns out there was a cop in the front row. And I got to <laughs> got to make, make him part of the show as other people had. And it was really fun. It, it was a great... And Bob let me go long. I did like 12 minutes, something like that. And the cop actually afterward came up and arrested me. Now the cop on the way out came and he was... He wasn't fucked up. He was, you know, he'd had a good time on a Saturday night. And he, you know, he and his lady shook my hand. And she's like, it was great. And he shook my hand. And I was like, hey, man. This is what I honestly said to him. I'm like, hey, man, be safe out there. And don't kill anyone. I didn't say that, of course. I just said be safe out there. Which means don't also fucking kill anyone. And don't make yourself a target. Don't do things that would make you a fucking target. Just be safe. De-escalate. Anyway, it was really fun Saturday night. It was so fun that afterward, I went up to the punchline and watched uh, uh, what's this? John Heffron. John Heffron was headlining, and I watched that. Greg Behrens was on the show. Great. Okay, so I'm almost finished, and then you can get back to your lives. And, and you know what? I Notice I didn't do anything about Limerick because I wanted to keep the people from Chicago engaged the whole time. So, essentially, if I make it to Saturday night, I come home from the punchline. I get home at eleven thirty, twelve. That's it. That's my big weekend, except for late, later Sunday. I'm hosting the uh, Laughing Skull Comedy Class graduation. I've told you about that a million times. That's what I do at the end of those grad, grad session, those uh, classes. So I come home. Saturday night, and I'm thinking, all right, this is it. I'm gonna go to bed at midnight or whatever at one. I'm gonna come down to the basement at 7:30 and sleep for like another hour, and I'm gonna be right as rain. Well, guess what happens? My wife falls ill, and I have to get. I'm up at 6:30. So I'm, 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 I'm tired thinking back on it. This is not, I'm just, I'm just walking through. I'm not victimizing myself. So what I thought was like, I'm on the other side of it. Now I'm going to get some rest. No, I'm up at 630. The girl and I, cause, and the girl, like I told you, she loves her mom. Let's hang out with mom. And I'm like, mom needs to rest. Let's close the door. Let's get out of there. And she's like, I want to hang out with mom. But she's such an angel I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go out here. If you wanna join me, I don't give her that passive aggressive. If you wanna fucking like your mom, then come out. I don't do that. I just, I'm gonna be out here because I know mom needs to rest. And then, sure enough, like four minutes later, she comes out and she says, "Dada, do you wanna have waffles?" Or, and then we get into it. We have breakfast and we close the door and my wife can sleep. She has what was a cold that morphed into a fever that morning and we couldn't figure it out and she's still kind of in it as i record this late monday night so sunday yesterday was like uh i'm on what a a, a false start i thought i was gonna have uh, a little bit of sleep and rest but the girl and i Got into it early. I mean, got into the day early. And, uh, you know, went for like an hour and a half walk. I'm <laughs> just trying to get, keep her out of the house. And it was also kind of like wet and rainy. So we, we weren't doing a ton of outside stuff other than walking around in the rain. Um, anyway, I told my wife, um, you know, I didn't know how bad she was. She's like, do you have a big day? What do you have to do? Do you have to film or, and you know, at work or anything? I'm like, no, all I really have to do is host a graduation show at 7.30. If there's any way I could somehow grab an hour nap today, that would set me free. And it never happened. Because she was banged up. I, I feel terrible. So um, that was it. And then I went to the graduation show and... It's the best, I've told you, it's the hottest crowd ever, and they don't ever want to see the host. And I told them that. (laughs) They just like, okay, hello, hello, yeah, 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 get on to our favorite people. Uh, So that was really fun. And that was it. That's, That's what's happened. Paul and I drove back from Columbus. You listened to that on the last one, on the last podcast. Then I drove way out to Lincolnton, performed for a bunch of people who thought Hillary Clinton's a murderer. She might be, but so is so are a lot of people. So I Sorry, so are a lot of women. <laughs> then I filmed all day. Then I did the 5 o'clock. Oh, and then 8 o'clock uh, on that closing set, uh, a neighbor, not neighbor listens to podcasts, but a neighbor who I'm very fond of came to the show, and it was great because he, he came late. He wandered up from the Georgia Tech game, and he got to see Lauren Knight, Storm Artiste, Storm Artist, and me, so our test <laughs> storm storm played bad i don't want to tell you about storms basketball whatever but Ron, our test storm real ones to say the least anyway uh so we got to see lauren knight storm and me and uh dude if you listen to this podcast then you're probably too busy to listen to it thanks for coming up so that's it those shows no sleep on sunday and then uh here we go. We're back. So I just wanted to, whew, just wanted to get that out, I guess. I know there was, there probably weren't a lot of jokes in there, but that's okay. There, there don't have to be. Not jokes, but humor. I'll tell you this. There's going to be humor at Limerick Junction tonight. Now, that's a sign for everyone outside of Atlanta to just turn your transistors off. Go ahead. Who's on the show? I'll tell you who's on the goddamn show. Uh, Olivia Searcy, Florida comic, super funny, is on the show. She's kicking it off. She's going to be followed by the Limerick debut of Kenzie Bissett, who's going to be followed by the return of Chris Carter, who's going to be followed by one of my favorites, Sam Severin. And who is going right before the closer or the feature? It's Zachary Wright. Yeah, young Zachary Wright, Arsenal fan, Arsenal supporter. Gunners are having a great season. He's going to be there. And then who's closing it out? Again, Atlanta needs more comedy clubs. Why is Flo so amazing closing out Limerick? A free bar show on a Tuesday night? You can walk in there and you can see Flo do 15, 20 minutes of time that you should pay 20 bucks for. That's what quality this comedy scene has. And I appreciate you listening. Ellen C., 15 and everyone in Saudi Arabia Arabia I hope you're well and uh, look forward to talking to each of you soon have a great week